yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Man, it's Dugas. You are listening to Life with Dugas, episode number five. All right, man. It feels good to be back in here. It feels good to be talking to y'all again. But let me tell y'all, man, I told you we're going to be talking about touring, and that is what we are going to do. So where do I begin is the question. Okay, so when I first started touring, I had to get approved, okay? It wasn't just, let's get on a plane, let's make it happen. No, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. So my manager at the time, Richard Collier, um, he landed me this tour. He had uh, a friend on Facebook that owned a company that was up and coming called the Showcase Tour. And the Showcase Tour had a lot of potential, and it's huge as we speak. Um, The owner of it, Andrew, uh, he made a Facebook post saying, looking for a DJ for a 30-plus show tour across the country. And he was like, is this something you're interested in? And I was like, hell yeah, I'm interested in this. So he left a comment, he tagged me, um, and I guess they ended up talking, and I ended up landing the tour. Now, what they wanted to do was he wanted to meet me first. Mind you, he's younger than me. I think he's a couple years younger than me. Um, He grew up in Waltham, but we ended up... um, Meeting up at, I believe, Berkeley. I, I'm not 100%, but it was him and his best friend, Dan. Now, Dan was going to be uh, the tour manager, which he ended up being. Um, but we just basically played basket- basketball for a little bit. We talked about uh, what the tour is going to be like, um, exactly what he needs. And I was like, bro, I got you. Whatever you need, I can make it happen. You know, I'm not the type that uh, that's like cocky or conceited. But when it comes to work and it comes to putting in all that time, I know I'm the person for it. So what we did was we went through some paperwork. Um, It wasn't anything crazy. It was just minor signatures, nothing wild. Um, But we didn't even fly out anywhere to start. So the whole purpose was he was moving to Los Angeles, and we needed to get everything from A to B, so from Boston to L.A. Um, So what we did is on the process of moving from Boston to L.A., we did 13 shows. Now, it wasn't straight across because we did like New Jersey, Washington, Toronto, like we went into Canada, which was the coolest thing. I'm going to talk about that in a few. But the whole purpose of the first tour was to get him from A to B. And then the other two tours come after that. So on the first tour, when I got to uh, Toronto, I was like, this is crazy. Um, I'm in a different country doing what I love, getting paid to do it. And there's people here that are looking forward to see me because I'm hyped up on all the posters, says DJ Dugas, like just something that I didn't expect to happen so quickly, and it did. Um, so when I'm in Toronto, um, the, the venue was sponsored by Monster, and I brought a Red Bull. This is the first thing that I remember the tour, and I always remember this. I, um, I went into the venue, and I had a Red Bull in my hand, and the guy at the door looked at me as if I was an assassin. I was like can I help you? And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, a show tonight. What are you doing? He's like, you can't have that. I was like, I can't DJ. He's like, no, you can't have that drink. I was like, oh, why? He starts mentioning the whole monster, um, sponsor. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I look around my dumbass. I swear to God at every corner and every point of this venue, there is a monster poster. And I'm like sitting here as if I didn't know this already, which I didn't, but still, The guy looked at me. He goes, you're going to have to throw that out. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go finish it outside. He goes, throw it out. I was like, all right, bro. Hey, whatever you want, just give me a monster. He gave me like four monsters. It was great. Now, after the show, security guard was hype as shit with everything that I did. 
So he handed me an edible, okay? I didn't know it was an edible, all right? I never smoked yet. I never did anything. I was pretty straight edge. I was so focused on music. And this guy hands me a Rice Krispie treat, okay? He goes, are you hungry? I was like, hell yeah, I'm hungry. Hands me this big-ass Rice Krispie treat, all right? My dumbass didn't ask anything about it. My friends that I was on tour with didn't ask anything about it. What did I do? I ate the whole fucking thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Now, after the show, about probably 45 minutes after, we're sitting at a Mexican restaurant downtown Toronto. I'm like, duh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was faded. Now, not only am I faded, everyone's looking at me as if, like, I'm, I'm dead. I mean, I'm telling you, I've ne like I said, I've never smoked. I never really drank. I mean, I drank, but not like anything crazy. But I've never smoked, so I don't know this feeling. Now, mind you, after that, I didn't have another edible for probably years after that. So I got over that, all right? Now, we get back into the States, all right? We go to the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in, okay? We stayed at the Omni Hotel in Washington. This place looked like a five-star hotel. Now, to me, the Omni is gorgeous. I don't know about some of y'all who have a lot of money, um, but to me, I'm used to Motel 6, Red Roof, Holiday Inn, all that stuff. So when I stayed at the Omni, I was like, shit, I got it made right now, man. I got some nice sheets, a big-ass blanket, about 14 pillows, and a big-ass pool chilling outside of my window right now, okay? Now, it wasn't even nice enough to go swimming, and I'm telling you, I was ready to throw the Speedo on and dip on in. But, hey, I didn't do it. It was a great time being in Washington. Y'all were crazy out there. Um, the rest of the tour was kind of eh. It wasn't the best. Um, I did get bed bugs. That was kind of cool. <laughs> But anyways, we get to L.A., the tour was over, I fly back to Boston, I thought everything was done. I didn't think I was going to go on another tour. He hits me up shortly after and goes, would you like to do a full country tour now that we're established? I'm like, bro, fuck yeah. So I flew to L.A., um, I met Dan, and I met Dre. Okay, Dre was our photographer. He's done a lot of crazy work. If you guys don't know him, he's from Worcester. Andre Gomez, his work is phenomenal. You guys have to look him up. You can't miss him. Short dude. He's got a big-ass afro, and he works with some high-class talent. Um, so I met Dre at the airport. Um, there was a funny story, actually. Me and Dan were in, the, uh, in line at the airport, and Dre walks up. And we're like, yo, what's up? He didn't, he didn't even acknowledge us. Right? Well, I was like, yo, you Dre? Didn't even acknowledge us. He looks up. He goes, I'm deaf, idiot. <laughs> yo, I love Dre, man. Um, he got into a freak accident when he was younger. He ended up going deaf from it. But that doesn't change who he is and what he does. He's so good at what he does. And I love Dre, man. He needs to keep up everything. So we flew to L.A., uh, me, Dan, and Dre. And when we get there... We, uh, we had a van. We had a tour van. It was like a 12-passenger van that we took out a bunch of seats. Um, we basically made it into our, into our own like home, pretty much. Um, we also taped it all up. It said the showcase tour around. It looked super official. It was dope. Um, but the tour itself was the best time of my life. We literally went down from San Diego all the way across the south into Miami, all the way up back to Boston. Now this, this is where it gets crazy. Okay, I'm going to talk about a little bit of the shows in between there and uh, my favorite spots in a second. 
But I think what I really want to talk about was when we went into Canada. Okay, we went to Montreal. Now, Montreal, they, they're, they're French. They, they speak French. Um, and I get to the venue, and it was like a dive bar. Like, it was nothing good. Um, but there was tons of local artists that were, like, hyped up to see me. Um, some didn't even speak English. I'm like, oh, Moi, beaucoup. <laughs> I didn't know anything, man. But um, yeah, we get we get to the venue and everything's in French. Now, there's no engineer at this venue, so everything has to be done myself. Now, I've never really done engineer work and sound, so this was all new to me. I mean, I was a little bit like in the waters when I do like local shows and I do my own little amplifier, but this was some high class shit. All right, and I've never worked with it, so I'm looking at this thing. Everything's in French. Finally, I go to the bartender. I was like, hey, um, what does that say? What does it mean? And she looked at me like I had 16 heads. I felt like I was back in Toronto and I was an assassin. But everyone at the bar just stared at me. No one knew a fucking thing. Finally, a rapper was like, here, let me help you out, bro. He looks at it and he goes, oh, I don't even know what that means. I was like, how the fuck are you helping me right now, bro? Um, but I ended up finding everything out just by kind of like, places that my amplifier has so i was i was getting a feel of it um but it took literally the show is at 7 30 p.m we got there at 5 p.m i probably didn't get done setting up till about 7 20 i mean it was so close to showtime and the entire tour was live stream every night so if we weren't on right at 7 30 we were screwed so um yeah that that was a crazy time um and then I can't remember if we stayed in Canada or if we went back out. I think we did Toronto again and Montreal together. Um, but that tour was like, I remember the last tour more than anything. Um, basically, we come back in, um, we get all the way back to L.A., and I fly home. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my favorite parts on that tour, though. Um, my favorite parts were probably Nebraska. Um, I, no, was it Nebraska? I don't know. It was either Nebraska, Arkansas, something like that. But they were wild. Um, it was literally dead. Um, it looked like Gillette Stadium. If you've never been to Gillette Stadium, Gillette has like a like a town in the middle of like nowhere. It's kind of just like a built town with a bunch of stores, like a huge mall. And this is what kind of this place was like. And I'm setting up the venue. And I'm like, this show's going to suck. Ain't nobody live out here. There's a bunch of corn, some horses, maybe like an emu. And I go outside, and there's like 400 people lined up around the building. I look at Dan, the tour manager. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is happening right now? He's like, dude, I don't know. They just showed up out of nowhere. I asked somebody in line. I was like, yo, where'd y'all come from? They were like, oh, a game just ended. The Corn Huskers, I believe. So if you guys know where the Corn Huskers is, let me know. I believe it's Arkansas. I could be so wrong. But the game ended. They just won. They're looking to celebrate. And they need a good DJ, and we're the only place about to turn the fuck up. So you bet your ass, as soon as that door opened, I was turned. Man, I had that place going wild. I had security jumping up and down with me, right? This is the best part of the tour, okay, the absolute best part. There is a video of it, too. So if anybody hears this podcast and they want to see this video, you can go on my Instagram at Official Dugas, scroll all the way down. I think it's like the third video, and you will see this video. I was on stage, all right? I look in front of me, and there's about 500 people. There's about a three-foot gap between the stage and the people. I'm about five feet off the ground. 
I'm looking, and this big-ass dude about 6'5 goes, stage dive. I was like, stage dive? Man, what the fuck? I ain't never done that, right? Oh, man, I was so hyped. I put on, like, I forget what song it was. I think it was um, Mad City by Kendrick. And as soon as the beat dropped, man, I ran and I leaped and they caught me and I was stage diving. There's fucking videos of it. Security's in the background losing his shit. And I'm being dragged across the crowd. I'm turning up. Man, it was the ultimate feeling. Something that I would highly recommend if you see a lot of people and they're saying they're going to catch you, you take that leap of faith and you fucking go. Because... Even if you don't land, it's going to suck. But let me tell you, it w- I'm scared of heights, okay? I'm petrified of heights. So for me to do that, that took adrenaline. Oh, my God, that took a lot out of me. But I did it. It was the greatest time. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. You can find it everywhere. That was probably my favorite part of the tour. Um, another really cool part was Louisiana. Um, Louisiana was on my last tour. I'm going to talk about that tour in a second. Um, But on the first tour, there was also a place in Minnesota. Minnesota was pretty cool. Um, The acts in Minnesota, as well as Arizona, Arizona and Minnesota were awesome. They had nothing but talent. Um, It's so underrated, and there's so much good potential that comes out of that area. Like, if you guys hear a rapper from Arizona or Minnesota, just listen to it. Chances are they're fucking great. There's a guy, Doozy, from Arizona. He, like, he came on stage. Now, he kind of looks like Harry Potter. He even has, like, the lightning tattoo because everyone said he looks like Harry Potter. But his music, he goes by Doozy Do, D-O-O-Z-Y-D-O-O. If you guys look him up on SoundCloud, you will hear phenomenal music. He's great. Um, but, yeah, Arizona, Minnesota, best places. Now, let's get to my last tour where tour really goes up and goes straight down. I'm going to tell you why it was great, why it was bad. You're going to hear it all. Um, So we go to LA, um, and I'm now the tour manager. I am no longer the DJ. I have been promoted. I make more money doing this. Now we have a new DJ. Um, His name, I actually do not remember. Why don't I remember him? Because he only lasted one show. Now this dude came from Michigan. He said his father was Eminem's security guard. Okay, now, when you're on tour, you know, you try to do it the cheapest way possible when it's an upcoming company. So there was three of us total at all times, and we shared a hotel room. It was two beds and usually an air mattress, or if we didn't care, if it was, like, really late, we'd just share a bed, whatever. Who cares? Um, But this guy was on tour with us, and he didn't like the fact that we shared a hotel room. So we did the show in Arizona after we met... um, Andrew, our new photographer. So we had a whole new team, pretty much. It was Andrew as a photographer, um, whoever the fuck this guy's name was as the DJ, and myself as the tour manager. Now, we're in Arizona. We get done with the show. It was kind of like a shit show because we couldn't get the camera working properly. Uh, Some of the artists were fucking crazy, um, but they're all great, like I was saying. But this DJ, just he was really lazy. He really just didn't care. Um, so we get back to the Arizona hotel, um, and then we drive to Colorado. Now, in Colorado, um, this is where it got crazy. So we get to Colorado. We have three or four days off already. Um, it's like one of the only time we have a lot of days off. Now, we're having a great time. Um, 
you know, I, I'm smoking, I'm in Colorado, I'm living the life with Andrew, but this guy's being pretty quiet. This new DJ that only did one show and fucking ran away. Um, this dude literally dipped in the middle of the night. Dipped. Didn't fucking say anything to any of us. Um, like I said, I'm a new tour manager. I didn't know what to do, so I call up Andrew. I'm like, bro, this dude just took off. And he's like, what you mean? And I told him the whole story. I was like, I don't know. This guy's fucking weird, dude. He didn't like the fact he had to sleep in the same room or some shit. So he called him, come to find out. He just didn't feel comfortable, went home, said fuck everyone, and left. So now I'm sitting here going like, all right, what the fuck am I going to do? I call up my homie. Jam Marks, okay? I knew that dude would be on tour with me in a heartbeat. He's already done a tour with me before. Man, this dude is phenomenal. I hit him up. I'm like, yo, Jam, what are you doing? He goes, I'm having breakfast. I said, no, no, no. What are you doing now? He goes, I'm having breakfast. I was like, dude, what are you doing now? He goes, oh, you need me now. I was like, now. He's like, let's do it. He goes, where am I going? I said, you're getting on a plane in about two hours. You're coming to Phoenix, Arizona. We're going to have a show. We're going to turn up, and then you're going to be here for the rest of the tour, and we're going to enjoy it. He goes, fuck yeah, let's do it, bro. So this dude gets on a plane. Now, this is the, this is the funniest part of the whole thing. When he lands, okay, I didn't know when he landed. We're just at the venue waiting for him. Me and Andrew are standing outside. Rick James pulls up in a goddamn black, uber black, all right? Leather jacket, dreads. He's got his equipment on his shoulder. He goes, what's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, Jam's here. <laughs> oh, man, it was great, though. I was so happy to have Jam there. It was Jam and Andrew, and it was like a team, like a team that I, that I just put together, and it was a dream come true. And here we are on one of my favorite toys ever, um, well, it was about to be my favorite tour ever, and I get to Houston, and we have two options, okay? After the Phoenix show, we go to Houston. Here's, here's the options we have. We either stay for another night because we had a day off, and it was hang out with Paul Wall, or go to New Orleans and party on Bourbon Street, okay? So those are my two options. Now think for a second. Which one would you guys do, party with Paul Wall or go to New Orleans for the first time and experience Bourbon Street, Okay. What one would you do? You know what I did? I went to New Orleans, okay? We all decided we're going to go to New Orleans. We're going to turn up. We get there, okay? Andrew's 19. Me and Jam are of age. All right, we're walking down the street. We're turning up. Andrew sees two fine-ass girls with shots in their hands going, who wants to do shots with us? Andrew's like, oh, shit, I do, right? They say, come on over. I said, Andrew, don't do that, bro. Don't do that. What does he do? He goes over there, he takes the shot with them, okay? They put it in their mouth, like not the shot itself, but the cup, and they pour it upside down in his mouth. He takes two shots, and they go, that's going to be $35. I say, hold the fuck on, $35? We got two problems here. One, why are these shots $17.50 each? Second, this boy is 19, okay? He is 19. And they say, wait, you're not 21 or older? And he goes, no, why? She goes, you're not allowed to be drinking. He goes, well, I just did. <laughs> so the bouncer was like, just get the fuck out of here before everyone gets in trouble. So we took off, and we end up going to a club. Now we get in there. Me and Jam are lit, okay? We are turnt right now. The music's going wild, all right? Jam, everyone's just kind of like 
you know, enjoying the night, you know, bouncing left and right. Oh, it's a club. Cool, cool. Jam gets in the middle of this bitch and starts breaking out moves from fucking the 90s that I've never fucking seen before. Man, this dude is, it looked like he was coked out. That's how crazy he was. Was he coked out? No. Was he drinking? Hell yeah. This dude was putting on a show. That's another thing. If you go onto my Instagram at Official Dugas, you will see Jam breakdancing in the middle of New Orleans clubs, man. It was fucking so dope. Now, after that, we go to Miami. We had a very long drive. Um, we went from New Orleans to Miami, and Miami was like phenomenal. I've always wanted to go to Miami. I've always been to Orlando and uh, Kissimmee and Jacksonville, but I've never been to Miami. So we get to Miami, and one of my dreams, I don't know why this is one of my dreams, but I just wanted to smoke a blunt in the middle of a beach at Miami. So after the show, we went down to the beach. It was super dark out. Um, we lit a blunt. It was probably 75 and breezy, or 80 and breezy. It was it was perfect. It was like exactly as I pictured. I'm like, you know, I'm on tour right now. I'm in Miami. I'm getting paid to smoke this blunt in the middle of Miami, okay? There are people that are pissed off in their house right now because their kids are crying and I'm sitting in Miami with a fucking blunt. Now, mind you, I do have children at home, okay? So do not take offense to that because what I did while I was on this tour, I made sure that my kid's mother was set too, okay? I gave her money as much as I could while I was on tour. I didn't just party my whole life away because there are going to be people that are like, fuck you, Dugas. You're a shithead. You left your kids there. No. I called them every single night. I showed them a lot of cool things while I was on tour. It was a good time. Um, now, this is kind of where the, where the tour starts going downhill. Um, a few shows later, we go to Virginia Beach. Now, Virginia Beach was the absolute downfall of everything. Um, we, we got done with the show, and... I see that my bag is missing from the backstage room. Now, the bag has, um, it had my laptop. Did it have my laptop? Yeah, it had my laptop. It had um, my passport. It had my glasses, my contacts, um, all that stuff. And I didn't know what the fuck to do because that has, like, my life on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's everything. Um, so... I tell Andrew um, about what's going on, and in like a, a short way of saying it, he basically just said, it's not my problem. I don't have to pay you for all this. And I was like, I understand you don't, but like, I'm kind of fucked here, bro. Like, you have six figures in your bank account, and I don't. You know, I just basically lost my life in like a flash. Um, now... We did not get along after that. We had another show in Baltimore shortly after. Um, I didn't know what to do. Um, and basically, we had a big fallout. And uh, I had about $7,000 in my pocket from the Virginia Beach show. Um, and I told Andrew that I'm done with the tour. I'm done with this shit. I'm, I, I've gotten bed bugs like Three different times, I got bit by fire ants. Um, I, I basically, throughout the tour, it was really hard, too. Um, the shows would go from, you know, all the way till 3 in the morning. We had to be up at 6 a.m. driving eight or nine hours to the next city. 
and you know it was really hard to be able to drive and do that kind of stuff because I get motion sickness easy so I can't be in the back of the van it was either I'm in the front seat or I'm driving so most of the time I was doing the driving um it's just it was a shit show so I get to Baltimore and Andrew knows that I'm basically about to leave this tour and there's still a whole nother half of the country that needs to be covered so I'm sitting at the venue in Baltimore and Dan walks in, the old tour manager, Andrew's best friend. And he, I was like, what are you doing here? He goes, um, yeah, you know, Andrew told me what happened and he wants me to finish the tour and you're going home first thing in the morning. So Andrew told me to keep, um, out of the seven grand from that Virginia Beach show, he told me to keep $1,600 and he'll also pay for my flight. So that was like our parting ways. That was... We never spoke again after that. As soon as I got on the plane, I've never heard him. Ag- I never heard of him again. He never heard from me. Um, do I? Do I hate him? No. Do I not like him? Honestly, no. I I do like him. He's he gave me my first tour. He he helped me out a lot. Um, it's just when push came to shove at the end, he he didn't put his foot down and actually help me. Um, even though I was one of the first people to establish that tour. Um, it's kind of like a coast to coast kind of thing. So I mean, I don't I really don't want to talk bad about him because Andrew overall is a really smart, you know, good guy that just I don't know, I just feel like I he didn't really want to help me. Um and to me that was like a slap in the face. So I I could be seeing it more in a personal matter versus a business matter. That could be just me, but honestly, will I do that tour again? No. Um, do I hope it has a lot of success? Yeah. I mean, they're traveling to Australia and Europe and doing all these crazy, crazy tours around the world. And I'm really happy for him, man. He, he said he had these dreams of doing it one day. And I was the first person to be on tour with him. It was just me, Dan and Andrew. And, you know, he did what he said he wanted to do. And now he blew up. Now, obviously with COVID going on, I don't, obviously there's no shows happening, but you know, from here on out, I don't know what's going to happen, but for the past couple of years, he's been super successful, man. And, uh, you know, I always tell people success is key. You know, you can't bash people who have success, you know, no matter what they do to you, success takes a lot, man. You know, you don't just wake up and be successful. I mean, even for people who like hit the lottery and get like a hundred million dollars, that doesn't make you successful. That makes you rich and that goes away. Okay. Now, if you want to flip that hundred million and turn it into like a billion, that's when success happens. So as for Andrew, as for his success, I wish him all the best. I wish him, you know, a positive future. Um, I wish him, like I said, everything the best, man. And I don't know if you're ever going to hear this or maybe somebody that you work with will hear this, but just know that I'm not, I'm not down talking you. I just, I had to get this out to everyone. A lot of people always ask me, what happened on tour? Why did you stop touring? Why did you stop promoting the showcase tour? And that's why, um, like I said, I probably took a personal, but it is what it is. That was my life on the tour. And now I'm home. Now I work with a lot of local artists. I've done shows with Sammy Adams, Tech 9 I've done shows with Futuristic, High res a lot of artists locally, um, I'm happy where I'm at. I do New York, Boston, Connecticut, Philly. I do. I, I love it in New England. New England hip-hop is phenomenal. Um, 
there's so much good work. Yeah, there's people who want to battle each other, but that's the game, you know? You got to get over that. Um, there's always going to be somebody that wants to be better than you. That doesn't mean you need to just keep getting better and better. You get better and better for you. You don't get better and better for somebody who wants to be better than you. Um, so take that advice and run with it because that's some advice that I was given. I used to go off and just bash people who hated me. And there was rappers that were dissing me and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I'm trying so hard to fire back at them. And finally someone was just like, be better for you. Don't be better for them. And I was like, you know, that's, that's so true. I even thought about getting like a tattoo of that on me, but at the end of the day, you're working for you, you're working for your future, you're working for your family if you have a family, you're not working to better somebody else. So that's it for my tour, um, that's it for everything that I had to talk about. Um, I love y'all, man. Thank you for listening to episode number five of Life with Dugas. It's been awesome, and I will see you guys next week. Peace. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure you guys listen to my new single, Bonnie and Clyde, on all platforms, iTunes, Spotify. Follow me up on TikTok at Official Dugas. I love y'all. Peace.